Audi's right, Matt Mosley. Thank you, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram for what you do, Ted Teague, the entire staff, great fleet of vehicles out there. And I'm sure they would have a a, a pre-owned Bentley. If you really needed a, a Bentley, I bet they could come up with something. Sam Kahn Jr. joining us now from The Athletic. And, uh, Sam, I was uh, interested in the story you had earlier today, but I was just talking about that car dealership, and I was thinking about some of these deals that are happening with University of Texas players. We got an Aston Martin. I think we have a Lamborghini involved. And now Ohio State with a Bentley. Now, which of, which of these deals, Sam, are you most impressed with? Of all these, which way would you lean in the luxury car category of all these uh, deals that have gone down? Uh, I'm most impressed by the Lamborghini uh, because that I don't, I don't know very many people who have a Lamborghini. I, I've only seen a handful of them on the road over the years. Uh, I mean, certainly the Bentley and Aston Martin are pretty impressive too. I will tell you if I was, a, it, it, if I was getting an NIL deal right now at my ripe age of 40, I would take the Aston Martin. I, I don't. I don't think I'd have any business in a Lamborghini. I don't know that I would be able to get in and out of it very efficiently. But an Aston Martin <laughs> would be certainly something that I could see myself uh, driving down the street in for sure. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I think um, if you just keep doing what you're doing at the Athletic, uh, Sam, that's where it's headed. Okay. <laughs> I can promise you I didn't get into journalism for the money, my friend. <laughs> Any uh, option you need. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that does that is uh, going to be uh, sadly mistaken. Although, you know, if you stay after it for a while, you never know what can happen. Now, the uh, the story you had today uh, about the, uh, the new schools coming into the Big 12, and you came up with the money that they were going to – and that, that was really interesting to me, um, the uh, – the you know we kind of knew what it might be what the we you know they always have the exit fee but of course then if you leave early when you first heard this 18 million dollar buyouts of course for each of those three schools um that'll be paid out over 14 years what was your initial thought I, because i think when you see how long they have i mean 18 million is 18 million i mean it's a lot of money but still um, it seems somewhat reasonable to me, and I was almost a little surprised that um, that they they kind of gave them that long of a period to do that over. It seemed like Oresco, you know. I guess what happens is sometimes Sam, uh, people calm down, they're ready for the next thing, and so they they're a little bit tired of maybe haggling and fighting over money. Yeah, and and there was definitely. Uh, not, I don't want to say a hard deadline, but this, the, the schools that are leaving to go to the Big 12 definitely wanted to get this done uh, this summer. They, they, they did not want this lingering into the football season or even next year because they want, once the football season is over, January, February, they want to be looking toward, okay, we are now in 2023 and we are, we are going to be members in July, 2023. So that, I think all parties and the American obviously bringing in new members too. And I think they want to expedite that. So I think that all makes sense. But the figure didn't surprise me a ton. Uh, I, I thought it would be a little higher, but you know, like you said, it, they're, they're only getting out four months early. 
or three months early because a 27 month notice from last September would have put them in December 2023. So they're asking July 2023. So I guess that's about five, six, five months early. So it's not a huge, uh, you know, it's not a huge inconvenience for them leaving, you know, 23 months or 22 months of the both 27 months. But I am like you very surprised that they're getting that much time to pay it out and because the first 10 million is going to be, they've already started paying the 10 million and they're in four installments over four years. So, so that has already kind of undergone, that's already in the process. And so that'll be wrapped up by 2025. And then from 2025 on, they'll get 12 years to pay the 8 million. And that to me, I mean, Matt, you know, college football changes has changed a lot in the last three or four years. Heck, it's changed a lot in the last 12 months. I don't know what college football is going to look like in 12 years. and, and yet, But yet they're going to be paying Houston and UCF and Cincinnati are going to pay in the last installments of their uh, exit to the American Athletic Conference, apparently, in, in uh, 2035, 2036, <laughs> I guess. So that, to me, is just a little surprising, to say the least. And I think for those schools that are leaving, I think these are really favorable terms for them. And certainly, I think about as good as you can expect, certainly better than I would have expected. Yeah, if something happens to that conference, uh, I think they'll be looking to maybe discontinue some of those payments. Or you could make the <laughs> argument that if the conference doesn't, even if it hangs in there in some ways, but you could say, well, this isn't the conference we agreed with. Like, say, a couple of them bolt. Could you then go back in there and make the argument? Well, no, we we this is the group of conference. We this is the conference we thought we were doing the deal with. You've had UNT and SMU and others now jump into the Big Twelve. This is a different conference. So again, that'll be for the lawyers to uh, to figure out at some point. How do you think today's news impacts, if if at all, uh, OU in Texas? I, I I noticed our buddies that uh, cover those schools immediately were like. Okay, here we go. Let's get our lawyers fired up and and um, let's let's be playing. Uh, let's let's get this all taken care of and be playing in the SEC by 2023. Well, I mean, if you were going to do that, you really didn't want to wait till today to start that. But is the thought of a 14-team conference for a couple of years? How do you think that sits with OU and UT officials and? How how hard do you think they will try to find an early exit? I, yeah, I think they still are going to try to, to get out early. And at, at this point, like you said, as late as we are in the game now, we're you know we're we're only a couple of months from football season starting. I, I would I would imagine that the earliest they can get out is probably twenty twenty four. You know, you never say never. I mean, these things these things can change and they're very fluid. And, and we always know in realignment, you can never rule anything out, but it, it, it's a very different relationship, I think, or different dynamic with the big 12 and Texas and OU than it is with the three departing schools, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and American, because they're moving, you know, those, those places are moving on, but there's a lot more money at stake in this big 12 deal because that grant of rights that, they, that Texas and OU signed along with everybody else back in 2012, that thing is pretty ironclad. And, and the Big 12 is not in any position to be willing or, or not in any position to give up money that it, that it has coming to it. Uh, it's going to need every dollar that, it, that, it, that it's owed and it wants to get every dollar that it's owed. Uh, 
And oh, part of this also, too, I think, is what factors into this is the Big 12 commissioner searches. Uh, I, I don't, I can't imagine that there's going to be a ton of a movement in this area until a commissioner is in place. Uh, certainly, they've got to figure out scheduling for for a 14 team league in 2023. I don't imagine that Texas and OU want to be in the Big 12 any any longer than they have to. But you've got to pay up, and it's a lot of money that you've got to pay up because of that grant of rights. You know, the, the media rights uh, that they paid out. I guess it's 42 million this year. So you know, whatever, when they leave, they have to pay whatever the equivalent of the media rights that are remaining of on the contract, or essentially the media rights remain with the conference. That's what essentially what the grant of rights is. So you're forfeiting basically $40 million a year for every year that you leave early. So, you know, those, both Oklahoma and Texas are very well-off programs, but not well enough, well-off enough to say, yeah, we could just flush $40 million down the toilet. It's, that's a lot of money, and I think if they if they do end up coming to a settlement at any point, clearly I would guess 2024. But I am not ruling out the possibility that this thing goes all the way to 2025. Well, sir, they just won a softball national championship at OU. They are flush with money. Okay, so it's, <laughs> it's gonna, everything's going to be okay. Sam Con Jr. from the Athletic joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. Are you excited about Big 12 Media Days and the fact that they have provided now this uh, this timeline, uh, seemingly that they feel like a commissioner uh, will be in place for Big 12 Media Days? It's kind of funny that that's the. It's almost like, well, we need to have somebody in place to to deal with the media. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> you you usually we're the last of their concerns. Now again, maybe they want to. Maybe that's you know something you got to have deadlines. You got to you got to try for things, and maybe that was just a a nice deadline kind of hanging out there. Do you have any sense for like how how much how narrowed down this has to be? Because if they truly want a commissioner in place by early or the middle of next month, that you would think it wouldn't wait till like the thirteenth. They'd probably have it early in July. I mean, you got to think they're starting to really narrow this thing down. What kind of feel for do you have for this timeline? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you know we still got what, yeah, like a little bit more than a month till Big Twelve Media Days, and, and I don't think they're going to rush it. They they ultimately want to find the right person for it, and I think that's part of the debate that's going on in this conference is uh, to what degree, what, what type of person do we need? To, to what degree do we want expertise? in the media rights world, how much do we want them to be familiar with the NCAA and, and the current issues facing it? I think definitely the conference is leaning in that direction of wanting somebody who's more got a better grasp of what's going on because of how much landscape has changed and because of what the future may hold in, in college football. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think there's still plenty of time in my opinion and, yeah, I think certainly at some point, you know, this this whole thing has gone on for a little while, and and the realignment stuff has gone on for a while. A little while, I'm sure folks want to go on vacation, so it probably be, behooves them to do that or do this rather sooner rather than later. Because uh, if you don't get your vacation by early July, then then you ain't getting one because football season starts in August. So, uh, so I can't imagine it's going to be too much longer. All right, and can you uh, can you shed any light on the uh, Baylor baseball coach uh, search for us? I mean, you're a man of many hats. You love to you love to dig in on football. Lots of different football stories involved in the uh, in the Big Twelve and and really the state of Texas. But uh, have you uh, have you at least kept an ear to the ground 
on possible baseball coaches. I know that, you know, a U of H program, you know that they've, they've had some success there. I am sort of curious, by the way, these new teams coming in, which one has the best baseball program? We, st- we think so much about football and a little bit about basketball, and I don't think we probably put much thought into baseball. Um, I guess the one you would know about is Houston. Is that is uh, is Houston remain a pretty strong program? They've been, they've been kind of up and down. Uh, that you know when when Todd Whitting took over, I think it was 2011. They they were they were in a rebuilding sense, and then they they had made some runs and got to NCAA tournaments for a few consecutive years, and then they've kind of, they've kind of been on that cusp of a team that can get to the tournament. Uh, not necessarily someone that's been in it consistently, but but certainly has the potential to get there and, and or potential contenders conference. Uh, but so, so they've got a pretty Houston's got a pretty decent college baseball history, certainly. And and Houston is a area that's that's got a lot of college baseball. I mean, the high school baseball talent. I mean, we know the state of Texas. It's, Texas is a hotbed for baseball talent, just like it is for track, just like it is for football, just like for any, anything else you want to find. There's there's a lot of athletes, good high school athletes down here. So. Um, it's just a program in good shape. They've done a really good job of definitely from an infrastructure standpoint with that program. They've, uh, you know, they, they've got a, re- I was just driving by there. I was over there about a week ago and I saw their new baseball facility that they have, which I think has got like team training facility and all that stuff in it out in left field. And it's, it's big and it's beautiful. Uh, they, they, so they've done a good job of investing in that program for sure. So I think, uh, they're, they're definitely a competitive program. I think they will be continue to be, but, yeah, now now that college football is a 12-month-a-year sport, you know, thanks to the transfer portal, thanks to NIL, thanks to rules changes happening every every month or so, uh, that is pretty much what I spend my time on. I, I haven't I haven't delved into baseball a ton uh, in the last year, definitely since I've been the athletic. When I was at ESPN, I used to cover college baseball about this time of year when we got to regionals, super regionals, and around that time. But uh, you know, ever since I got to the athletic, it's you know that realignment thing happened and and the portal happened and NIL happened and yeah. everything else. And now I write about college football 12 months a year. So uh, it's uh, that's pretty much my, that's pretty much my job. That's pretty much what I focus on. So it doesn't I mean, leave a lot of time for ourselves. I, I did watch the softball world college world series though. That was fun. That was fun to watch. Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, what an unbelievable team. If you want to diversify again, I do know some of your editors, Sam, I'm happy to reach out to them and tell them that you're, you're kind of wanting to kind of get get involved in baseball again. I'm happy to do that on your behalf. <laughs> Who was the? Uh, by the uh, way, I got I got plenty. I promise you, I got plenty on my plate right now. What What was the uh, in your in your estimation this in the state of Texas? You were just talking about portal, foot back to football. Um, of of the non, I'm not talking about University of Texas and the Power Five. Who of SMU and the rest of the crew, UNT, whoever. Um, who would you say, even Texas State, whoever, UTSA, all the ones that come to mind, who had the, who got the most impact guys um, in the transfer portal football-wise? Who, who really stands out in your mind? Obviously, under Sonny, uh, SMU did quite a bit of work in the portal. And I didn't know if um, your Rhett's getting it was getting in there a little bit late. I'm just wondering who really stood out to you as far as some of those group of five teams in Texas for their portal work. Yeah, definitely SMU. Uh, you know, since Rhett Lashley took over, they've done a fantastic job in that area. 
they, they got some really big time guys. A lot of bounce backs. You know, the, I think typical model, just like SMU did under Sonny Dykes, just like Houston has done under Dana Holgerson. A lot of bounce back guys, guys that are from the area that went to school out of state elsewhere. Uh, that's been the that's been pretty much SMU's focus. They got Kamar Wheaton, the running back from Alabama. Uh, that was a really big get for them. Uh, Jake Bailey, a really talented receiver from Rice. Uh, they got they they added him into the mix. Uh, they've got they, they did a, David RBR, Cavante Dixon, a few a few guys from Texas uh, from that Texas roster that they got. Uh, that, that'll be really good additions for them. They got a, a tackle from Georgia Owen Condon. They got a SMU really did a good job in the portal. I think they ended up bringing I think 14 or 15 transfers in all told. Uh, so so they've done a fantastic job on that front. TCU has done a solid job for sure. Uh, you know, Sonny, they brought in uh, Jared Wiley, the tight end uh, from, from Texas. Uh, they, they've done a good job with the portal. And so, like I said, Sonny has had that uh, that model since he was at SMU. He brought it over to TCU. Uh, they, they, they've been able to get some good guys. Uh, you know, they, and uh, Alan Ali, their offensive lineman who they had at SMU, who was a starter over there, that was a good addition for them up front. So TCU's done a good job. And, you know, quietly, North Texas has done a really good job of late. Uh, they got Grant Gunnell, who uh, is Texas high school football passing yards record holder. Uh, he, he was at Arizona, starter at Arizona for a little bit under Kevin Sumlin. Uh, was at Memphis last year. Gunnell came in, uh, and he's going to compete for that starting job at Texas. They got Latrell Neville, a receiver from Houston, who uh, was at Nebraska last year. Uh, he, he was a pretty decent recruit in the 2021 class. So, uh, and that those fill some some need areas, uh, in particular for North Texas, because they've got. Uh, they've got some guys coming back. They've got stable coaching staff. It looks like, you know, first time they've been in a while. They've had both coordinators coming back. So uh, they, they've done a good job. And Houston, like you said, uh, Houston has done a really, really good job uh, getting getting Cody Jackson, the receiver from Oklahoma. They've got uh, Sam Brown from West Virginia. they got a, they got a lot of different guys as well. So Dana Holgerson has done a great job in the portal as well. They, the, all those schools are following, like I said, that same – idea of hey we have a guy that we recruited that we have a relationship with that went elsewhere let's go get him and get him to come back if if he's not happy or if he's homesick or if he, he just isn't getting the playing time uh you know let's go do that that houston lucas coley the quarterback from uh from san antonio he was at arkansas uh that was that was uh dana hogan's strategy with with coley he he had they had recruited him out of high school he ended up going to arkansas because he wanted to play in the sec but but then decided hey uh, maybe I have an opportunity to play a little bit quicker at Houston. So Coley probably goes into the Big 12 as the favorite to be their starter next year when Clay Tune graduates. So uh, th- th- those are probably the four teams that I look at that have done a really, really good job this, uh, this offseason portal. Excellent work, Sam. I mean, you had all that on the top of your head. I mean, we, we occasionally have to look things up on my show <laughs> and to have someone who has instant recall of that. Now, you'll be happy to know Ren Baker, UNTAD, was on the program yesterday, so he was breaking it down with us, and we were kind of going over everything with that program. But um, and, you know, Latrell's an interesting guy to watch because he he came on strong early, and that program is flatlined a little bit, and um, or at least just kind of been up and down, and they kind of need to get that thing rolling again. Sam, have a uh, have a great weekend. Appreciate you uh, being on with us, and uh, c- congrats on another uh, nice scoop this morning. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Have a good weekend. Okay, there you go. Sam Kahn Jr. from The Athletic.